Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another visit to the mound. I'm Lark Smith, and he is... Stan Huff. And we're here today to talk about the five-tool player. We've talked about this before, but didn't quite get into depth as to what it means to be a five-tool player. So first off, let's just hit exactly what a five-tool player is. It's a guy that can hit, hit with power, has some speed, can field, and also can throw. Exactly. you got to be able to feel the ball. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so those are the five tools you're looking for. Now, let's first go in-depth into just hitting. You've got well, your guys. Let, let me start with running first. You uh, want to start with running first. Yeah, okay. run, hit, feel, throw, and hit with power. Well, okay. We're going to okay. kind of well, go that way, but that's okay. Um, the running part is essential because that's part of the game. This It's the biggest part of the game right now. I mean, you get a guy, well, and you get a guy hit home runs. You got a guy get on base and run, too. You got a lot going for you. So, <clears throat> has these guys, the way they're, they're graded, they have 60-yard dash, all right? Okay. They grade on a 2 to 8 scale or a 20 to 80 scale, all right? So... A uh, on a sixty-yard dash, uh, an eight or eighty runner is a six point four seconds or less. Now a seventy runner or seven runners, six five to six six. A six, uh, let's see, a sixty runner is a six seven to six eight or six runner. A five runner, which is the average speed, is six nine to seven, six point nine seconds to seven flat. Okay. Those are key, though. Okay, now then once they get in the ball game and they're timing these guys out of the box, on the right-hand side, an 80 runner is going to run to first in four seconds, 4.0. A 70 runner is 4.1, 60s 4.2, 50s 4.3. And anybody slower than that is a pitcher. Or, or maybe not on the team. <laughs> 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 anyway, <clears throat> that's okay. That's all right. But now on the left side, on the sixty-yard dash. Well, excuse me. And we're going. We're going home to first. Home to first. Sixty-yard yeah. dash is for either either side. Okay, home to first. Three point nine seconds is an eighty runner. Eight runner. Uh, four point zero is a seventy. Four point one is a f- f- uh, sixty. Four point two is a fifty. I stop at fifty because that's your average. Okay. Um, now, hitting both sides. The guy that can hit 330 or better is, a, is an 80 hitter. That's the best hitter. Okay, and and a lot that's, that goes into that is the competition they're playing as well. All right, so those two factors are big time. And, uh, I mean, anybody can hit 750 when they when the guy can't throw – he can't pitch, you know. They're they're just taking batting practice out there, so everybody's gonna hit good. But when you're challenged with a with a really strong arm, that's when it that's when you got to really bear down on on the hitter and see what he can actually do mm-hmm. against those type of pitchers that he'd be facing in professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're grading every all this is grading on a major league average. It's not graded on a rookie ball or a ball or double A. It's average. major league average. It's these scouts have to see these players in major league uniforms before they're even considered. So, and if they are, they follow them, and then, then they get these uh, these metrics on them. So, uh, hitting batting average three thirty better is an eighty hitter. Three three hundred to three twenty nine. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 
let's see here, 300-329 is a 70 hitter. The 285 to 289 is a 60 hitter. The 270 to 298 is a 50 hitter. But you got to take into consideration the competition and also their age. Where are they in their development? Are they are they uh, late bloomers? Or are they on top of it? Or, or you know, where are they in their age? So that's that's big right there. Okay. Now you're mentioning <laughs> numbers like 80, 70, 60. You know, 80 for hitting, 80 for running. Do they do they add those numbers together to decide who is you know which player is better than the next player? Is that each? Well, one? what you got is an you got multiple categories. And, and those grades at 80, 50, 40, right. 20, 60, those are averaged together as to where where the player is all round. Okay. So okay. you're looking a 50-plus uh, average uh, grade is, is – uh, Above average uh, ball player. Average to above average. Now 60 is above average. 70 is a really good ball player. And 80 is top, top, top notch. Okay. If it, if, it, if it comes out to that. So when you get the five tools, there's probably going to be a lot of 70s and 80s in there if you can do all that. Right. Uh, we did talk, talk a little bit about, you know, you know uh, th- we, we're generally speaking on one of our other episodes, but this is more, more of a specific deep dive into that. Right. Now, most players are four tool or three tool or two, just have two tools. Uh, two tools, you better... Uh, Make a picture out of them. <laughs> well, possibly, yeah. If <laughs> if one of their tools is not throwing, then we got trouble. Yeah, we got problems. I, I understand. So, um, so that's that's how that's put together. Now, <clears throat> these uh, these grades are projected future uh, grades because you, you're seeing them right now. Right, you've got to follow them. I think most organizations have their scouts. They like somebody. They got to see at least nine, nine games. And if they're that good, they're going to see a lot more games. Right. And uh, there are some number one picks that were that were seen twenty five, thirty five times uh, before you know the they got down to you know this guy's the the real deal. Um. So you know your projected future for power. Okay, you got guys with raw power. Mm-hmm. Guys that are strong enough to hit it out of out any ball, yeah, you know. But what you're looking for is that guy that can consistently put the bat on the ball and have an opportunity to hit it out virtually any time up. Tony Gwynn. T- t- uh, t- Tony Gwynn was more of an average hitter. I mean, a good, solid line drive hitter. I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about. Let's see, Mike here. Trout. Mike Trout. Now, that's a good one right there because he is consistently hitting 30, 35, 40 home runs a year and hitting for a really good average. This is a five-tool guy. Now, he's hitting those home runs. He's, he's, got, uh, he's got a good uh, a high batting average, and he is uh, consistently getting on base and can run bases. He's fast. Plus, he's got a strong throwing arm from the outfield. They're playing him in center field, too. So he can – he can cover a lot of ground. Now, a lot of that has to do also with instinct. Instinctively, guys, that's the better outfielder mm-hmm. is probably your center fielder. I sure. mean, your strongest arm is probably going to be in right field. 
and then the and then a left fielder is you know is covering his ground out there in left field too, and he might have the same uh, tools as well. But all three fields have to be covered. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so let me get to the the pitching. Excuse me, hitting for power. Uh, if a kid's projected to hit forty five home runs plus, that's an eighty hitter. Yeah, eight or eighty. If he's hitting thirty, if he's projected to hit thirty-five and forty-four home runs, that's a 70, 70 hitter. Okay, a sixty is twenty-six to thirty-four. A fifty is fifteen to twenty-five. I got to tell you, the guys that are hitting fifteen to twenty-five home runs are—they're grading higher these days than they, they are. used to be. They are, all right? Because it used to be, if you hit two hundred and hit. 15 home runs you might get released because right. your average wasn't very good right. but uh, as we spoke last time that uh chicks did dig the long ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's i mean it's that about, explains a joey gallo how he sticks around exactly and he just got signed too i think uh somebody just signed the minnesota twins or somebody like that uh anyway anyway either way okay so your power guys are really customarily the peripheral guys your uh, first base third base right field left field okay right but now everybody is expecting them all all of them to do this right and expecting the catchers to hit for a good average too and with a lot of power that those are few and far between I, exactly i mean uh, the one that comes to mind right now is real muto yeah uh, with the phillies all right, so this is basically, uh, in a nutshell, what what scouts go out to look for. You know, there's other things they look for, too, as sure. far as their tools. They got the five tools. They want to know who he hangs around with. So it's a, it, it becomes down to a uh, makeup deal. Yeah, that's another thing that I call the triple A's. What would that be? Ability, aptitude. Attitude. Okay, attitude is good. It's big. All right. Yeah. You want a guy that, and I'm seeing, a, I'm not seeing a lot of this, but the guys, the teams that are the best are doing a lot of, they're playing team baseball. Mm -hmm. These guys that beat their chest and you know, look at me and all that stuff, that, that I, 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 me, me, me stuff, that doesn't bode well for in a team setting. All right. You better be doing that a whole lot before they'll, say okay you can mm -hmm. keep doing that but mm -hmm. we're, this is a team game so we're trying yeah. to do this as a group not yeah. not just one guy and, and that team game concept <clears throat> is why Aaron Judge just signed a big contract it's because he's a team player well he doesn't necessarily you know thump he, the chest and, and no, point at himself I mean uh, Mickey Mantle used to say uh, I hit a home run off a, off a pitcher I put my head down and run you know yeah, he knows I hit the ball pretty good. And mm -hmm. I don't want to. I'm not there to show him up. No, but that's happening way too much. Jumping up and down and and throwing the bat in the air and it's that causes uh, it causes well, <laughs> bad feelings uh, for to it, the it, opposing it, team. Yeah, it, you know, it, it causes it, some it, other things to happen. It too. causes the tower to get buzzed. <laughs> <laughs> I can name that pitch in one. <laughs> I've named that chin music in one pitch. <laughs> uh, so, 
you know, you're looking for, for that kind of quality of pl- in a player, you know, that'll go out and, and bust his tail every day. And it's hard to do when you're playing 162. Even in the minor leagues, you're playing 144 games. And rookie ball, you're playing 70, and a lot of kids haven't played that much all year. Right. Uh, in two years, maybe. Um, I remember in high school, how many games did we play? 16, 18, maybe. Yeah. And we it, got in the postseason, played maybe two more. Yeah, that kind of deal. So that's really not a whole lot. And and also, you know, in teenage ball, we only played about 15 or 16 games too. Right. That's all changed now. now oh, you yeah, got well, travel ball. Travel ball and select baseball, you know, they're, paying, they're playing tournaments virtually every weekend. They're and, playing uh, five, six games in a weekend. Uh, they're playing 40 to 80 games a, uh, a session, yeah. you know, and – you know, in the summer session and then in the fall session, they don't play quite as many, but they, they do play a lot. Well, back to the five tools, fielding. I've noticed at the college level, I see a lot of JUCO ball, that they are really drilling into, especially the left-side infielders, the backhand pickup. They, they, they don't want them in front stopping it. They want that backhand pickup. Well, uh, there's a th- you heard range. His guy's got good range. Well, how do you di- how do you dictate that? R- range is nothing more than positioning. Right. So if you got good range and you're positioned right, you're gonna. There are times you're gonna have to use that backhand. Sure. Now, it, uh, that should be worked on. You know, everything's from the ground up. So your backhand, you're you're close to the to the ground. And you're bringing it up and in. You're bringing it into your 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 middle of your body, so you can get set to throw and, and get your feet in position. A lot of that athleticism that these scouts look for is part of that, all mm-hmm. right? Actually, they're looking more, how does he catch a ball, hit right to him? How does he catch a hard ground ball, hit right to him? Is he staying with the ball or is he, is he shying away from it? Right. All right. So, fielding the ball from the ground up is the first thing. The second thing, how are you reading the swing? How are you reading the guy's swing? Right. So if you got a quick bat, if you're a shortstop, you're going to play the right-handed hitter, you're going to play him a little more on the left side. If he's got a slow bat, you're going to play him more in the middle. That was the only reason I had any range at shortstop is I was pretty good at anticipating where the batter was going to hit the ball. That by reading bat speed. By reading bat that's, speed. That's the key right there. And also – you got to have a really good idea on what your pitcher's doing. Sure. If your pitcher's throwing the ball away, 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 you might as well. You got a better chance of playing more up the middle, sure. whether they're good, uh, if it's a quick bat or not, because he's pitching everybody away. Right. Um, I don't like that. I would rather my pitcher throwing pitching in effectively and in and in going away when he has to, right. unless he's just his his fastball's just not competitive enough. Then you then you pitch backwards. You start using your breaking ball more than your fastball, and use your fastball to set up that other stuff. Right. Okay. So let's get back to the grading part. So the overall grade, once they're all the the categories are are graded out, then they take that average, and that that's where they put themselves as far as in the in the pecking order as as the draftability. Right. Okay. So. Uh, all of this to say a little bit right here. This is for all the kids to know. If they're interested in playing at higher levels, this stuff that we just talked about has to be worked on. Worked on, and and you got to apply it. And then those numbers that you're putting out have to be at a high level to get 
to have uh, some interest uh, your way, you know. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of guys that would had really like strong arms, but they couldn't run, and they their their hitting was the abilities were like mm, not that good. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I could run, I could field, I could throw. I just I, I couldn't hit. <clears throat> well, anyway, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Sure, it's a. Uh, you got to put all these things together if you're scouting players. And if the player is objective enough, he knows where his shortcomings are. He's going to work on them. And right. we've talked about the other stuff on how to work on them in, in former uh, episodes. Right. So we really want to go into all that right now. But um, anyway, so, uh, so once a scout puts this all together, then he sends in a report, mm -hmm. and his report is graded or is, is gone over by the scouting director. Now they got area scouts, they got regional uh, cross checkers, and then they got national, national cross, cross checkers. Check. So if you got a guy that's really good, and you like him, and you're selling this to your scouting director, the regional cross checker is going to come in, and he's got to say okay to it. And once the regional cross-checker comes in, and in effect what they're doing is they're watching more ball games too. Absolutely. Okay, then in effect, after so many ball games, they really like this guy, they get a national cross-checker to come in. Mm -hmm. Now that's the guy that if he puts his name on it, that's, that player is going to get drafted. Mm -hmm. it, it, it goes through a, a range of, of uh, grades. Sure. grades from different folks and different levels of mm -hmm. that and and that's how this this takes place once again if the kid is that interested in, in going and playing at higher levels then basically what he's going to have to do is is get himself strength wise strong enough to hit the ball out of the ballpark consistent enough to hit for a good average now, what I'm talking about on the good average part is hard, consistent contact. Right. So if you're working on that, your your average is going to take care of itself. Sure. All right. And hard, consistent contact against a quality pitcher. Right. Or pitchers, so to speak. Sure. So, um, so that's that's a part that that part. And you work on your running. All right. That don't mean run every now and then to do sprints. Means run every day. Every day. I Absolutely. Mean, you go to some of these colleges, they do their sprint work virtually every yeah. day. And a lot of that also has to do with any uh, weight training as well as weight control. Oh, my gosh, you know, yes. Yeah, your own body weight. Can't be eating donuts and make it. No. No, you can't. <laughs> you got to be a lean, mean fighting machine. Yeah, the donuts, are, they won't get you, <laughs> won't get you there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're right about that. So, um, well, uh, take all those things and, and put them all together. Right. And then I would think, you know, that's the A of my triple A's. The, the A is those five tools, the ability. Then after that, I guess it's conversations with the player to find mm -hmm. out his mm -hmm. aptitude and his attitude. Yeah. I mean, uh, if the. If the scout's interested in the player, he's going to eventually walk up to him and introduce himself and mm -hmm. say, uh, you know, he's not going to say we're going to draft you right out of the chute. Oh, no. He's going to find out who you are, what you're about. He's going to find out who you hang around with. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some scouts that went to 
to college and, and uh, high school counselors, who's he hanging around with? Right. And and you're going to get a general opinion. Mm-hmm. They're not. They may not be specific, but it's enough to know thumbs up or thumbs down. Sure. Uh, I believe makeup is a big deal. That's that's pretty much overlooked a lot. But when <clears throat> you got guys that are tools, they they do some overlooking a little bit. But because you don't have that many guys with that, those those five tools, right? So in, in effect, what what needs to happen is they need to get them in and and school them on their conduct, mm-hmm. what they need to do to to go to higher levels. And I, now we never did that when I was in pro ball. Now, when I was a coach, we never we never got that far. We assumed what we got was they were ready to go and they had the great makeup and all that. I would have I would assume now with all the all the you know you're on you're in the spotlight virtually every night and every day in the public in the paper or on the TV and right. all that stuff that that this would be discussed on how to. <laughs> How to conduct yourself you know, away from the field, on the field, and away from the field. Absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much okay. Uh, well, that that's our deep dive into the five <laughs> tools. Yeah. Now, you you told me before we started this that there was a fish story you wanted to tell. Yeah, a baseball fish fish story. Well, I'll tell your baseball fish story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and. In 1978, I was in AA with the Jackson Mets and Mets Farm Club and uh, Texas League. So we had a player named Dan Smith. Now Dan's passed away now, and he would he would validate this too. But uh, he, this guy, we'd get off an eight day road trip, and he'd hook the boat up and go fishing before he said hello to his wife. This is the kind of fisherman he was. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and there's another buddy of ours, Dave Covert, over in Meridian, Mississippi, that he he liked to fish too. So we got together. And, we decided we're going to go fishing. But all this time, Dan had been bragging to Bob Wellman, our manager, what a great fisherman he was. Well, Bob always said you couldn't catch a fish if, you, if you're on your best day. You, he said you couldn't catch a coal in a windstorm, much less a fish. <laughs> anyway, well, we took that as fun. That was funny. Mm. Well, Dan was kind of offended uh, at it. Yeah. And it was always, well, I'll show him. We'll go fishing, and I'll bring home a string of fish that he'll, you know, he'll understand. Take it easy, Dan. So, well, I say all that to say this. When we got out of spring training, we got to Jackson. And about, uh, we were there in the spring. It wasn't quite uh, summer yet. But the bass were spawning, okay? That's February, March. Yeah. So, anyway, they, uh, we went to a, a residential lake in Jackson. It's out by the Ross Barnett Reservoir. And uh, these two kids took us out there that were, you know, that worked at the ballpark. They, you know, they, they were showing us around, and we took went out in the boat. We caught a string of fish like you wouldn't believe. It was great. Well, at the end, you know, Dan was talking about, well, this isn't good enough to, to prove to Bob, you know, but we're going to take them anyway. They were keepers. Well, the kids said, well, wait, come over to our house. we got a walk-in freezer. i got a couple fish here I want to show you. <laughs> this is a whopper of a story, too. Well, it got to be, and we go over there. These fish were, were, they were caught, and they put in a freezer, okay, and then frozen. Right. Well, the scales were coming off. The eyes were kind of poked <laughs> out, and, and uh, Dan said, can I have those fish? Said, yeah, you can have them. We're not going to do anything with them, so— Two nine-pound bass. Wow. 
it was amazing. And yeah. I thought, well, look at these fit. Well, it was really amazing when they thawed out. Mm. Oh, my gosh, that was the worst smell. <laughs> and we put them on that stringer. It was the middle of the day. Okay, we go in the clubhouse, and Bob's already there, you know, doing his paperwork. And I come walking in with those things on, and on that stringer, you know, over my shoulder. And he said, wow, where'd you buy those? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, somebody's already got to Bob already. Anyway, we go in, put them in a big number two wash tub, you know, all those fish with those two big bass. Mm -hmm. And the field crew guys are coming in, the groundskeepers and all that. And this, we had a nice-looking older lady that was doing our marketing for us. Judy Shute was her name. She came in, looked at those fish. She took off. Well, we didn't think anything of it. Well, here we are with this big lie, this this lie we told all these people, and Bob was there to hear it. Well, she comes running back. She said, leave those fish right there. The editor of the Field and Stream and the paper is coming to do a story on them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I said, I looked at Dan and I looked at, at Dave and I said, okay, time out. Let's <laughs> go in a dugout. Well, I said, we're going to lie about this or we're going to confess? I said, I'm not real fond about this lying part. He said, we're going to lie like troopers. <laughs> they were excited about it. I was like embarrassed. I said, well, I don't know about this. <laughs> well, anyway, the guy comes in. We, they had us put our, our uniform tops on and our caps on, and mm -hmm. we got big picture with these two fish that we you know, we were just given got in the freezer. Us. And they they did a half page article on this in the paper. I mean, this was I thought, how is this gonna work? Well, we lived with that lie the rest of the season. Next spring training, the next spring training, Dan comes to me, he goes, Hey, I think I gotta go tell Bob. I said, Have you been has this bothered you? I said, I've forgotten about that thing. He said, Yeah, let's go tell him. So we got covered too and we went over back in the back of the locker rooms, the the coaches and managers locker room was back there. So they were in there having a meeting. We busted in the meeting, right? And Dan says, Ah, Bob, I gotta tell you, we gotta confess. And the first thing out of Bob's mouth was, You didn't catch those fish, did you? <laughs> <laughs> So Dad confessed and it busted up the place. He told them the story, and they're all laughing about it. Well, irregardless, that didn't help us out very much in our baseball plan, but, <laughs> but it was a good story. It was. Well, that is our time for this episode of A Visit to the Mound. We thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments or anything you would like for us to cover, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Visit to the Mound or visit us online at avisittothemound.com. Make sure you like, subscribe, and review this podcast, and be listening the next time we make A Visit to the Mound. That'll wrap up this Visit to the Mound. We certainly appreciate you joining us today for a little baseball talk. Anytime you want to hear something about baseball, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, or you can go to roguemedianetwork.com for the next edition of A Visit to the Mound. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.